This Student Ministry 127 podcast is a sermon preached by Pastor Josh Ermler at the 2011 West Coast Baptist Teen Camp. Pastor Ermler has been serving as the Senior Pastor of Ambassador Baptist Church in Fresno, California since 2008, and he is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. Oftentimes, the, the biggest barrier, and I want you to catch this, the biggest barrier that keeps teenagers from being able to do God's will, that keeps teenagers from accomplishing what God has called them to do, oftentimes the biggest barrier that gets, keeps them from being able to accomplish God's will is wondering why God wants them to do something. Sometimes God, through His Holy Spirit, through the preaching of God's Word, He'll touch your heart. He'll prompt you to maybe get rid of some music. He'll, he'll prompt you to maybe change a friend here. He'll prompt you maybe to go to a year of Bible college. And oftentimes the biggest barrier that keeps us from being able to step out by faith and doing what God wants us to do is the fact that, you know what, we just don't understand why. You ever been there before? Like you sense the Holy Spirit kind of speaking to your heart, maybe through preaching, uh, maybe it was in some other venue or something, and it was like you kind of wanted to do it, and you kind of knew it was what you should be doing, but you just couldn't get over the fact that you didn't understand why God would want you to do it. And I think if we were to be very honest, we were to be very transparent, I think we've all been there before. I know there have been times in my life when God was leading me to do something, but I really got hung up on the fact that I didn't know why God was asking me to do it and I felt like in that moment if God would just explain the why if he would just make it make sense if he could kind of put all the pieces together it would be really easy in that moment to do what God had asked me to do and yet the truth is this the reason we struggle with accomplishing God's will and the reason that Naaman here in the passage that we just read struggled with knowing God's will is because he just couldn't get over the fact he couldn't get over this idea of why? Why would he want, why would God ask him to do something this particular way? One of the reasons it's so hard to know why God asks us to do certain things, and I want you to catch this, is because we use the wrong method in order to understand why. And I want to illustrate this because I think it's important that we understand it. In the physical realm, okay, that the physical realm in which we live in, the realm that we can see, the realm that we can touch, the realm that we can hear, in the physical realm, understanding something always precedes the action, doesn't it? Before we actually do something in the physical realm in which we live, we always understand at first. How many of you have ever ridden on an airplane before? You guys ridden on an airplane? When we get on an airplane, we want to know that the pilot understands how to fly that plane, don't we? <laughs> we want to make it very, hey, this guy knows what he's doing. We want to know that he's been trained. Because in the physical realm, understanding always comes before action. All right, the DMV, when they give you your driver's license, you don't just walk into the DMV, you know, when you're like 15 years old and say, hey, you know what, I was just kind of feeling like driving today, so I thought maybe you could take my picture and give me a driver's license. They're going to be like, no way. 
Yeah, if you, if you want to get that driver's license, before you get it, you have to understand how to drive. You've got to go through driver's training. You've got to take some tests. Because before you can act, before you can do the action of driving, you have to understand how to do it. And it's like that in every realm of life. Because understanding in the physical realm always precedes the action. And I could take you from scenario to scenario. And in the physical realm, understanding always comes before the action, whether it's driving, whether it's some job, whether it's in you know other areas of life, in the physical realm, understanding always precedes action. But this is where we get confused. Because we begin to assume, since that's the way it is in the physical realm, since understanding always precedes action, that we believe that that's the way it should be in the spiritual realm. We believe that, man, if I'm going to drive a car, I've got to know how to do it first. And we take that logic and we then apply it to the spiritual realm. But I want to remind you of something. This is not at all how it works in the spiritual realm. You see, God does this thing all backwards. God does this thing totally different. In the physical realm, understanding comes before action. But that's not the way it is with God. With God, action always precedes understanding. As you study the Word of God, you always find that before somebody understood it, before they could get to a place where it made sense, before they understood the why, before that moment, there was always a step of faith, they were always acting, they were always stepping out by faith, and it was only after that that they begin to understand the why of what God was having them to do. If you turn in your Bibles to John chapter number 7 and verse number 17, you'll see this clarified very quickly. John seven seventeen says it this way. If any man will do his will, this is what, this is, this is what the Bible says, John seven seventeen. If anybody will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine. Now, notice the order of that. Hey, if you're going to know God's will, if you're going to understand it, if you're going to be able to get to a moment where it all makes sense to you, if you're going to be able to comprehend the why, you got to first do the action. you got to first obey. But you know what? That's so counterintuitive to us. We hear messages about, you know what? Hey, this music is not healthy for you. And we sit there and we say, but why? I don't get it. I don't understand it. And God's saying here, hey, before you understand it, you've got to first obey. Because my friend, you will never understand something in the spiritual realm until you first obeyed. And that's why we've got so many teenagers running around and they're like, well, I don't get why I can't hang out with this friend. It does, that doesn't make sense to me. And I, I don't understand why I need to do this. That just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't really get, man, why maybe I should go to a year of Bible college. That just doesn't make sense to me. I just don't know why God would want me to do those things. And, and none of it makes sense. And so we run our lives and we don't really do anything God wants us to do because none of it makes any sense to us. We don't know the why to any of it. And so what ends up happening is we don't do nothing. And in the, consequently, we never understand why God wanted us to do it in the first place. Because in God's word, in his word, understanding always comes after obedience. 
Now notice this passage, because I want you to dive in here real quick, and we're just going to kind of parse it, and I I want you to see what's going on. Naaman here has a horrible, awful disease. It's called leprosy. Now, in modern days, leprosy is actually curable. You get leprosy today, they can give you some antibiotics, give you some medication, you're going to be fine. In this day and age, leprosy was like the most dangerous, lethal disease you could have. Basically, leprosy was a death sentence. If you had leprosy, you were going to die. We see this very great man by the name of Naaman, he, can, he got this leprosy. But he had a little maid, a little servant girl that worked for his wife. And the servant girl said, hey, there is a prophet that is in Israel. His name was Elisha. If you go to him, hey, he can help you out. And so long story short, basically, he goes to where Elisha is. But Elisha doesn't even come out to meet him. This guy, he makes his way over. He's a rich man. He's used to having people kind of address him. He's used to having people like kind of like, you know, they just treat him in a certain type of way. And yet he comes to where Elisha lives. And guess what? This prophet doesn't even come out to say hello. In fact, he sends his servant out and says, basically, hey, if if you want to be healed, go down to the Jordan River Dip, not one time, not two times, not five times. You dip in that river seven times, everything will be taken care of. And Naaman gets ticked off. He gets flat out mad. First of all, Elisha didn't come out to meet him. And second of all, he's thinking, man, the Jordan River. you got to understand, the Jordan River was incredibly dirty. And to Naaman, he couldn't understand how could dipping in a dirty river make him clean. That didn't make any sense to him. In fact, in his mind, he was a smart man. That was stupid. How could dipping in a dirty river make you clean? But that's exactly what God had said. And you know what? Naaman would never have understood how it was going to work unless he would have first stepped out by faith and obeyed. And here's what I'm trying to say to some of you teenagers. You are running around and you're like, I don't understand why. Maybe, you know... My, my youth pastor talks about, you know, dressing a certain way. I, I don't understand why they kind of preach on, you know, listening to certain types of music. I don't understand why my parents are telling me that I can't hang around with this guy or with this girl. And I don't understand why they don't want me to date this person. I just don't understand why. Why is it that God's trying to tell me this? Why is it that God's trying to lead me in that position? I just don't understand why. And so we don't do it. And that's what's happening in this passage. Naaman gets so ticked off at what the prophet said, at what God had said. He's just, you know what, I'm out of here. That doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand why. And he's about to leave. He's about to miss out on a miracle because he doesn't understand why. And here's what I want to, I want I want you guys to get this. Some of you are this close to missing out on a miracle that God has prepared for your life. God's got a miracle in store. He's got some big plans for you. And if you're not careful, you're about to miss out on it because you don't understand it. Because it doesn't make sense to you. Okay, because God hasn't explained it all to you. He hasn't explained the music issue. He hasn't explained the dress issue. He hasn't explained all this. And because you don't understand the why, you're about to miss out on a miracle. If you get nothing else I say, I want you to remember this one statement. If you're, if you're, if you're, if you're taking notes, if you write nothing else down, write this. Because it is the essence 
of this passage. It is the big lesson that we learn here in this passage. And that is simply this. To understand why. Write that down. To understand why. You say, I want to understand why my youth pastor is telling me not to date this person. I want to know why my parents are telling me not to hang out with these people. I want to know why, you know, I shouldn't do this and I shouldn't do that. And I should do this and I should do that. I want to know why. Okay, here's, here's, here's what we learned from this passage. To understand the why. It's simple. Submit and comply. And say it one more time. To understand why, submit and comply. You see, Naaman would have never understood why he was to dip in the Jordan River. He would have never understood how that was going to heal him. He would have never understood how that made sense. You see, the only way in the spiritual realm to understand why God asks you to do something and why spiritual authority asks you to do something, the only way to know why is to submit and comply. And yet, I want to say this, if you choose to say, you know what, I'm not going to submit, I'm not going to apply, guess what happens? You forfeit the opportunity to understand the why. Because in the spiritual realm, in order to understand why, you must first submit and comply. And we got teenagers running around and they think they're so cool and they think they got the world so figured out and they think, you know what, none of this stuff makes sense. God doesn't know what he's doing. Spiritual authority doesn't know what they're trying to tell me. And, and you got, man, you, you think you're all bad and you think you're all cool because, you know, after all, it doesn't make sense to me. And God's saying, hey, it can't make sense. Because in the spiritual realm, to understand why, you must first submit and comply. And unfortunately, we got teenagers all over our Christian churches that are missing out on gigantic miracles from God because they don't understand why. They don't get it. They don't get what God's asking them to do. Why would God want me to go to a year of Bible college? That don't make sense. <laughs> why would God want me to stop hanging, stop dating this? That doesn't make sense. God says, hey, if you want to understand why, you've got to first submit and comply. How do we do this? Really quickly, and I'm going to get moving. How, how do we get to this place where we can submit and comply? A couple quick, quick notes. Number one, we must first get started obeying. How do we get to this place? Really quickly. You see, Naaman would have never experienced a miracle unless he would have first just kind of stepped out by faith in obedience. And I want to say this is where it all starts. It, the Bible tells us without faith, it is impossible to please God. You say, but I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, it doesn't make sense to me. And God's sitting here, hey, you got to take the first step of faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, you want your entire life planned. You want to have it all figured out. You want God to reveal all the whys to you. Guess what? You, here's what you want. You want to stop being, you, you want to get to a place where you don't have to live by faith anymore. And yet, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if we're going to start down this journey, here's where it started for Naaman. It came to a place where he first had to get, step out in obedience. 
Philippians chapter number 1 verse 6 is being confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you shall perform it unto the day of Jesus. Can I say this? Noah would have never finished the ark if he wouldn't have first cut down that first tree. Simon would have never caught a multitude of fish if he had not launched out into the deepest part of the sea. Jericho would have never fallen if the Israelites would not have taken that first step around Jericho. Peter would have never walked on water if he would have not taken that first step out of the boat. You see, every great miracle starts with a step of faith. And we want to get to this place where we got it all figured out. Yeah, I'll do what God wants me to do. I'll obey God, but he better, he better, he better fill me in on the why. He better fill me in on the details before. And God says, that's not how it works. Because in the spiritual realm, understanding always comes after action, not before it. See, it's so counterintuitive, isn't it? It seems so backwards in our minds. But in order to understand why, we must submit and comply. Some of us have this idea, you know what, I'm going to do God's will someday. Someday out there, I'm going to do exactly what God wants me to do. I've got great intentions. And I just simply want to say the road to failure is paved with good intentions. Uh, so many of us could tell stories of teenager after teenager who had the best intentions. I'm going to go do this for God. And I'm going to do that for God. I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do all these things. And they had all these great intentions. But because they never took that first step, it didn't happen. They didn't take that first step of faith, that first step of obedience to God. The fact is that most great failures in this world had great expectations. They had great intentions. And you know what? Right this moment is the best time to step out by faith in obedience to what God's been prompting your heart about. Here's my question. What area has the Holy Spirit of God been speaking to you about but you have resisted because you don't understand it? What miracle are you about to miss out on because you don't know all the details yet? You say, well, I, I would stop listening to that, and I would stop watching that, and I would stop hanging with them, and I would stop dating that, and I, I would, you know, plan on Bible college. I, I would plan on doing that. I, I would. I just, it, I don't get it. And you're putting, your, you're putting yourself in a place where literally you're saying, you know what, God, you got to make this thing make sense to me before I'm going to step out by faith in obedience. So how do we do this? Number one, you must first get started in obedience. Number two, you must be willing to accept difficult advice. Notice verse number 13. This is really interesting to me. The Bible says he was getting mad. Naaman was ready to leave. And in verse 13 it says here, And his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? Notice the Bible says here, his servants are like, Hey, you're dying, man. Man, this is your last hope. you got to do what God asks you to do. And so not just one servant. The Bible uses the word plural here. It's servants. The servants come to him and they say, hey, listen. Hey, if he would have asked you to go do something great, if he would have asked you to climb a mountain, if he would have asked you to give a bunch of money, you would have done it. But he's asking you to do something simple. Why don't you just do it? And can I say this? Oftentimes, if we're going to accomplish God's will, if we're going to submit and comply in obedience to God, we're going to have to be willing to receive some very difficult advice. Some things we don't want to hear. Sometimes it's going to be from a parent. And they've got your best interest in mind. But you know what? If you're, going to get, if, you're going to, if, you're going to, if you're going to get to a place where you see that miracle come to fruition. If you're going to get to that place where you really understand why God wants you to do that thing. You're going to have to be willing to receive that advice from a parent. You're going to have to be willing to receive that advice from a youth pastor. 
from maybe a pastor. He said, but man, I just don't like what they have to tell me. But God's in that. Oh, we must be willing to accept difficult advice. Be willing to listen to them. Proverbs chapter number 15 tells us without counsel purposes are disappointed. And then lastly here, you must continue to be persistent even when you don't see results. You see here in verse number 14, the Bible says he went down and dipped himself not one time, two, three, four, five times. The Bible says seven times. Now, I put, throw yourself in the picture. Here he is. He's in this dirty river, Jordan. Naaman's been told to dip. He doesn't even really think it's going to work, okay? He doesn't really even believe it, but he's willing to act in obedience anyways. And he dips that first time, and he comes back up, and that leprosy is all still there. It's just, it's all over. It could have been very easy for Naaman to say, you know what? This ain't working. I'm trying to do what God's telling me to do. I dipped and nothing's happening. And can I say this to you teenagers? You've got to come to a place when God's called you to do something that you be persistent. Some of you have already made decisions this week. Some of you have already made decisions. You've already come to an altar. You've already prayed with a counselor. You've already made some decisions there, maybe in your own time with the Lord. And you've made some of those decisions. This is what I believe God wants me to do. That is what I believe God wants me to do. And here's, here's where you've got to be careful. All of a sudden, you're going to go home, and you're going like to try it for like three days, and you're going to be like, well, God ain't doing anything. It still doesn't make sense. And so you'll quit on it. My friend, if Naaman would have quit on the third dip, he wouldn't have seen the miracle. And we got to get to the place where we're willing to not just partially obey, but where we are willing to fully obey. What area in your life do you need to fully give over to God? You've kind of started down. You've dipped that one time. You've dipped that two times. But you haven't totally, fully obeyed in faith. And God's saying here, and he's trying to help us understand, hey, if you want to know why, you've got to submit, you've got to comply. Hey, I'll help you understand it later. I'll help you make sense of it later. But first, you've got to submit. First, you've got to comply. What area is it that you need to be persistent in? The story's told, I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard it before. During the gold rush days in California, there were a couple of brothers who decided to come out to California. They were going to strike it rich. As they were out digging there for gold, they came across a little mine. It had a little vein of gold, and they thought, this is it. We're going we're gonna to totally make this thing big time. So they went down to the prospector's office. They got themselves the proper tools. They put a claim on that particular land where they had found that little vein of gold. And for the next several months, they begin digging. They begin trying. And get, at first, they got a little gold, but then it kind of ran out. But they didn't give up. They just kind of kept digging, and they kind of kept digging. But after several, several months, they just kind of got tired of it. They thought, you know what, there's nothing here. They went back to the city. They basically sold the rights to the land. They sold off their equipment, got a few bucks, and they were out of there. It wasn't long later that some guy came along. He purchased it. He brought a uh, kind of a, someone who was an expert in those type of things. And the guy just said, hey, keep digging where the brothers left off. True story, they begin digging, and three feet later, they found one of the biggest gold mines in the California gold rush. I mean, made him a multi-millionaire in that time. Three feet later. 
And the point of that is to simply say, so often we begin doing what God wants us to do. We dip one time. We dip five times. We almost do what God's called us to do. And then we get to this point where we just get tired, we get upset, we get disillusioned, and we quit. And yet the Bible still tells us in Galatians, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You see, the truth is this. We'll never know why unless we submit and comply. Unfortunately, there will be some teenagers in this room. And 15 years from now, you will still not know why God asks you, asked you to do what he asked you to do this summer. Because God won't ever reveal it to you. You'll never see the miracle. You'll never know what God had in store. You'll never know what God wanted to do. It won't be revealed to you. Because so often in life, we want God to explain all the whys. We want him to make sense of it all before we step out by faith and obey. And while that works in the physical realm, and though that's the way it is in the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, that's not the way it works. I was told this story one time about a young girl who grew up in a good family, but her parents, her dad was, her stepfather I should say, was, was an atheist. and Her mother was a good person, but wasn't saved, wasn't born again. After several years, when the little girl was about four or five years old, a neighbor invited her to church. She went to church and she heard the gospel and then didn't go back for a long time. Her, her family was very busy. They owned a company, an insurance agency that they ran. and They were very busy and by some terms that some people would have even called them wealthy. They, they had their own plane that they'd kind of fly around as a family. They got to go on some nice vacations. They owned a very nice home. And by many people's standards, they kind of were living the American dream. Later on, this little girl was asked by her neighbor again when she was about 11 years old to go to church again. And when she went to the youth group on that particular day, it was a Bible-believing church, she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ for the very first time. She went home and thought about it, and really the Holy Spirit began to just kind of convict her heart regarding her need to accept Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. But when she went back home, she asked her mom and dad if she could go back to that church again, and they said, no, you can't. We don't believe that. Hey, you know, church is fine for some people. This was their exact phrase. They said, our type of people don't need the crutch of God. They kind of viewed God as nothing more than just a psychological crutch for weak people so she wasn't able to go back to church several years later though she just kept asking and kept asking the the gospel message just kept resonating in her heart and in her mind finally after just persistency her parents finally just said okay fine you can go to church you're a teenager now you live you can live your own life and she went and the next time she went she accepted Jesus Christ as her personal savior she got saved and when she got saved she 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 got committed she didn't understand all the whys of the Christian life. Her parents weren't really pushing anything on her. But man, if God said it, if she saw it in the word of God, she responded to it. And she didn't need to know all the whys. She didn't need to make sense of it all. She didn't even need her family pushing her to do it. She just got involved, man. She got connected. Several years in the youth group, and all of a sudden, one day, 
the youth pastor was talking about Bible college. And as this young girl, a teenager at the time now, began praying about it, she really felt that the Holy Spirit of God was leading her into the ministry to go to Bible college to kind of pursue that life. She went back to her family and said, basically, I believe that God is calling me to the ministry. And her mother had very little, just any context about what church was, all that was involved. And she literally made the statement to the teenage girl, like, so what are you going to be, a missionary, you know, to like some jungle? I mean, it just had no concept as to what that even meant. Her stepfather looked at her and basically said, hey, we will pay for you to go to any college on the West Coast. She was a great student. She got good grades. She could go wherever she wanted. Her family, having financial means, said, hey, you pick the college. We will pay every penny of it. But they said, if you choose to go to this Bible college, mark it down. You will never get one penny from us. And don't come home. In that moment, this 17-year-old girl at the time had just an incredible decision to make. She felt the Holy Spirit of God leading her into the ministry. She felt the Holy Spirit of God had a plan for her life, had a mission that he was calling her to. But in that moment, it made absolutely no sense whatsoever. She couldn't understand why God was asking her to do what he was asking her to do. After much prayer, she just decided that she was going to step out by faith and obedience to God, and that's exactly what she ended up doing. She went to Bible college, and her parents did, were true to their word. They never sent her one penny. She never was able to go home on Thanksgiving breaks or Christmas breaks. She couldn't afford the plane ticket. and So for years, she just worked her way for two bucks an hour trying to pay through a college education. My mother's told me her story many, many times since that day. And every time she tells me the story of what she went through with her parents, every time she relays the details that I just relayed to you, I always think to myself, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that my mom didn't question God and say, well, why? Today, she has seven kids, all but the youngest is in full-time ministry, serving the Lord, loves, loves God, trying to do their best for Him. And she's looked at me on several occasions, and she said, you know, when I was a 17-year-old girl, I, I had no clue why God was asking me to do what He was asking me to do. But she says, now that I look back on it, as I have stepped out in obedience and faith, she says, you know what, now it makes perfect sense. You see, in order to understand why, you must always first submit and comply. You say, I want to see a miracle in my life. Guess what? God ain't going to explain it to you. You say, I want God to do something big, but I want him to put out all the pieces and share with me all the details. Guess what? I'm sorry to say this, but that ain't just this ain't how God works. Because without faith, 
without a belief and saying, God, I don't understand why, and I don't get what you're doing, and I don't see what you're trying to take me. Without those things, God says, hey, without that faith, it's impossible to please me. And so you know what God does? He says, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I'm going to prompt you to do. You obey. If you obey, guess what? Then afterwards, I'll explain it to you. Afterwards, you'll understand why. Afterwards, you'll see the miracle. What is it that God's asking you to do right now that you've kind of been resisting because you don't get it? Who's that person that the Holy Spirit is saying you probably shouldn't be dating? But because you don't totally get why God would want you to do that, you've just, you've resisted that. You know that, man, maybe I shouldn't be listening or watching or doing it. But because, because it doesn't make total sense to you yet, you've resisted. But I want you to understand in the spiritual realm to understand why you must submit and comply. How's it going? Are you on your journey to a miracle? Have you stepped out by faith and obedience and said, God, I don't need to understand why you asked me to do this or that or those things. I trust you. I believe you. And I have faith in you. And if you get nothing else today, mark it down. If you want to get to a place where you understand why, you must always first submit. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.